morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, thanks for having me. Now, how was your weekend? Did you have a good one? We did. We I took my son to the Batman movie uh, yesterday afternoon, and uh, it was a long movie, but it was good. Mm. Good to hear. And you're gearing up for uh, hockey weekend next weekend with the Frozen Four, I'm sure. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it should be fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, talk about this last week at the legislative session. Uh, the big thing was uh, the the reinsurance bill got passed through. Tell us about that. Well, um, the reinsurance is something we we started, I think, back in, I think it was 17. Um and after the ACA was passed on a federal level, Affordable Care Act um, kind of messed with what we already did here in Minnesota for pre-existing conditions um, and and people that were kind of stuck in in that no man's land on health insurance, and and we had some state programs that we had to do away with when the Obamacare or the ACA came up. And if you remember back, um, you know, 15 and 16, we were experiencing double-digit health care insurance costs. And, um, you know, we we had reports of of some regions having as high as 46% increases in in care costs for their insurance. and, and obviously, we can't continue at that rate, so we came up with this plan called reinsurance. And what reinsurance does is has the state pay at a certain level to a certain level. So the insurance companies put a claim in, the state reimburse them, and then it keeps the insurance down for everybody else. And imperfect plan, you know, in, in, in theory, it's it's awful. But we haven't seen a better plan. It's been emulated across the country. Um, and, and in fact, there's proposals um, on the federal level from one of our, our congressmen here in Minnesota in D.C. to do it nationwide. So it's something that you hate to do, but you don't have any other options. No one's come up with a better solution. So we do it. Do you, yeah, just certainly could understand under the circumstances. Uh, we've had that uh, the rapid inflation followed by a uh, pandemic, uh, and putting that as a temporary fix is certainly understandable. But uh, you mentioned nobody has a better idea. Is this going to be the way of the future, or do you think uh, there is a better idea out there that might uh, someone might float at one time? Well, I, I think the there's polar opposites. You know, I, I think the Republicans feel there's um, some free market solutions. You know, in my opinion, we've kind of taken what things cost off the table. No one really knows what anything costs. There's no more competition anymore. You're seeing more and more hospital groups uh, buy out the smaller hospitals and clinics, and it's just the big boys left that are controlling everything. Um, and then the other side wants a, a one-payer system that uh, the government decides what you do, kind of like the, you know, if you go to the VA, you you have an option there. It would be that for the whole country. Um, so, you know, I, I belong to a group, a bipartisan group that um, tries to, to work on those issues um, in, in Minnesota here and in D.C., 
um, but there hasn't been any uh, compromise so far. All right, let's move on. Uh, we passed another deadline of getting bills uh, introduced uh, last Friday. You are known as uh, a rather prolific bill writer. You write quite a few over the course of the uh, legislative session. Uh, what, what have been, uh, you know, things that you've been working on that got through that's the gotten through the two deadlines so far? Well, you know what you're trying to work on are provisions of your bills to get stuck into. All the committees have. Uh, what we call a, a policy or a supplemental finance bill. Uh, so up today in finance, I have my housing bill up, the agriculture bill will be up, and then the environment bill will be up. So if you have subject matter in any of those three subjects, you're lobbying to get your provisions included in the chair's bill in those subject matters. And then the last stop before it goes to the floor is the finance committee. So my my housing bill will be, you know, my home ownership housing bill will be up today in um, in finance. And then I have uh, a mental health bill. We're kind of running a bunch of senators' concepts on on mental health and concepts um, as one bill. And I'm. I'm chief authoring that, and I'll be up on Health and Human Services this afternoon with that bill. I want to talk a little bit more about those uh, bills. You mentioned the uh, bill uh, regarding home ownership. Uh, and uh, what what does that entail? Quite a bit, and you know, it's it's one of my passions. I, I believe the great equalizer is getting people on that home ownership path, and rent costs so darn much today um you know it's it's awful and if we can get people to to purchase a home and pay less than rent and then they can start building equity um and be part of a community uh you know especially up here in the metro there's a large gap uh between homeowners and non-homeowners and when you dig into that a little farther um there there tends to be a huge gap the worst in the country on African American homeownership versus Caucasians, so we're Minneapolis St. Paul is the worst in the country in homeownership for African Americans, worst mm. in the country. Wow. As a state overall, you know we we usually rank fifth or sixth worst, um, but in the metro. So for me, you really want to help people. Obviously, you need a great education system, you need a, a career path job. And then you need a pathway to home ownership. All right, let's talk about the uh, mental health bill. You know that has been talked about so much in, in, in recent years, especially heightened now with the pandemic on. It, it's a bit, it's really a pandemic in its own. Just about what uh, what does this bill address? A whole bunch of different aspects. You know, there's three main issues with our system here in mental health. Um, you know, it's not very profitable. So a lot of hospitals and clinics haven't put a lot of effort into it um, because the reimbursement rate um, from the government is really low on it. And most of the people that pursue treatment, a lot of them are on the government uh, programs. So if they can't get paid enough, that, that would prohibit them from expanding that program. So a whole bunch of different aspects, but it mainly boils down to three things. 
how do we pay for it? How do we get more people into the profession? And then how do we get more access? And access would be for our kids all the way up to adults. Um, you know, we, we heard horror stories of people waiting literally days to get into a bed in emergency rooms, just literally sitting there waiting to find somewhere to take their teenage kid to somewhere where they could get help. Wow. Wow. So we're, we're trying to address that. And uh, we got a bunch of different ideas, uh, bipartisan, some government governor's ideas, some Senator Isaacson's been working with me on something called urgency rooms where it would be uh, kind of a drop-in facility, uh, like a 72-hour hold for, for uh, young, young adults up to 25, so teenagers on up. Um, so that, that we're, we're trying. Uh, hopefully we can get support and uh, um, get it through. Uh, once again, we're talking with uh, State Senator Rich Drayheim from District 20. Uh, you mentioned also you're working with, uh, before we went on the air, you're working with uh, Representative uh, uh, Todd Lippert on a, uh, did I get this right, a, a one-house precinct within the uh, yeah. new redistricting? Yes, when they the judges drew the redistricting maps, and, of course, my district, my new district, hopefully be my new district, you know, goes from Jordan all the way down to Iowa. Um, <laughs> kind of strange. But with drawing this, they kind of have a few little, what? What did we do? Moments. And one <laughs> of them is there's one house and one precinct um, that, that's all by itself. Um, so we're, we're trying to fix that. There is a way that the um, legislative body can come in and fix. In the past, you know, they've cut apartment buildings in half um, in the metro where they draw a line <laughs> literally right through an apartment. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with that. Senator Dreheim, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to mention while we have you on? No, I, I appreciate the uh, the call and uh, look forward to talking to you next week. We, we do go on Easter break starting um, Saturday. So we will be on Easter break, but I will be around. Okay. Well, we'll be glad to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, go Mavericks, huh? Yep. Thank you. All right. See you, Rich. State Senator Rich Dreheim from District 20 joins us every Monday during the legislative session right here on 95.1 The One. You've got local news with Rich coming up in a moment. MN is next. This is Jacob McQuiston from Northfield Ford Chrysler, and this is a public service announcement. We need your use.